This is Consumed, a podcast featuring casual conversations with eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers around California Central Coast and beyond. I'm Jamie Lewis, and this is my 10th season, which means I've done 100 episodes. Let's celebrate, shall we? I want to start by saying thank you to a couple sponsors. First, I'm always grateful for Ranchos de Anaveros Wines in the Santa Maria Valley. Did you ever see the movie Psalm? Remember the young blonde guy who eventually became a master sommelier? His name is Ian Cobble, and he recently had this to say about James Anaveros' Native 9 2013 Pinot Noir. This wine left an indelible impression on me renewing my faith in California Pinot Noir's ability to age. Had I tasted it blind, I might have easily mistaken it for a polished and much more expensive Moray Saint-Denis wine from a Premier Cru vineyard. The 2013 Native 9 from James Onoveros' Heritage Vineyard overlooking the Santa Maria Valley is a wine any Burgundy producer would be proud to have made. This is high, high praise, my friends. Taste Ranchos de Onoveros wines yourself at the station in Los Alamos or learn more at ranchosdeoniveros.com. Thanks also to Slow Life Magazine, the publication that delights in sharing the spirit of San Luis Obispo, California. I'm considering writing about Hawaiian food restaurants for my next food column in the magazine, like Shave Ice at Big Al's in Avila Beach, Hawaiian Plate Lunches at Red Dirt Coffee House in Arroyo Grande, and Span Musubi at Kilo Kilo Brewing in Paso Robles. Want to learn more? Pick up Slow Life on newsstands at Boo Boo Records and Barnes & Noble, or subscribe at slowlifemagazine.com. Krista Flieger and I went to high school together. She was a surfer and I was a drama nerd, but we've recently reconnected over the fact that she and her husband, Eric, bought a homestead in Wasna, east of Arroyo Grande, California. Krista and Eric have never done anything like this before. In fact, she is an in-demand commercial photographer who travels the world multiple times a year for brands like Google and Roxy, and he is an artist. The two of them lived in New York and L.A. for many years before choosing to try the homesteading life, growing their own food, harvesting their own livestock, homeschooling their kids, and lately, searching for water on their beautiful property they call the Lonely Palm Ranch. Here's my conversation with Krista Flieger. I'm here with my friend, Krista Flieger, who used to be Krista Pelletier. Yep. And that's how I know you. I've got lots of names. Lots of names. Anyway, we know each other because we went through high school. Did you go to Paulding? I did go to Paulding. Okay, so we went through junior high together too. Yeah. So I hadn't had touch with you for a long time, and then I found out that you, I had no idea that you had moved away and gone so far away, or that you were involved in art, art direction, photography, anything like that. Um, but I saw that you had this incredible ranch. You call it farm ranch. I, I We call it a ranch because I don't count myself as a farmer, more of like a homestead farmer. Yeah. But And we have livestock, mm-hmm. So I, but I'm not really a rancher. I don't, don't really know what to call it. I would say it's more of a homestead, but we call it a ranch. Homestead makes sense, though. So how did all of that happen? How did that happen? When we le- so when we left high school, where did you go? So when we left high school, I went to college at Art Center, College of Design in Pasadena mm-hmm. for photography. Um, I didn't, all I wanted to do was 
surf and take I remember pictures. You being a surfer. Yeah. yeah. So in my mind, my goal was to somehow shoot for Roxy, which was really big at the time for mm-hmm. girls surfing, and travel the world and take pictures. Um, and randomly, that ended up happening right after college. Mm-hmm. So after I graduated, I started shooting a lot of surf clients and kind of traveled all over for, you know, the first 10 years, like a lot of lifestyle surf advertising. But is this you out, are you ever out in the water taking shots no. of people in the, cause that's, I mean, no, not no, that no. you couldn't do that, but yeah. that's a crazy lifestyle. Yeah. And I'm not really, I have no interest in like sports photography of any okay. kind. Like I shoot uh, kind of real life kind of fake documentary advertising, okay. if you'd call it like, yeah a little bit of reportage. So that was my goal in leaving was like, oh gosh, what am I going to do here for a job? Mm -hmm. And also I want to see the world. And my family didn't grow up. We didn't travel growing up. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of photography was like my means of doing that. And also I'm a very curious person and a collector of people and stories. So photography has always been my like kind of in Mm -hmm. for things you get access as a photographer to things that you don't as just a non-photographer. Yes, like, I've noticed that. you know, weird niche worlds mm-hmm. or groups of people that, you know, I just love learning about things. So that was kind of the way of educating myself in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I went to L.A. for school and then um, I ended up in New York um, for a couple years. How'd where that happen? So I went... <laughs> I met my husband in college. He dated my best friend, who was the only other girl that surfed at my college. And he moved to New York and broke her heart. Mm. Um, and then we didn't talk to him for a long time. Yeah. And then I was in New York. We hate him now. Yeah, we hated him. He was <laughs> awful. Um, and I was always just annoyed that she was dating him because he didn't surf. Surfing was very important to me back in the day. Clearly. Um, So so she moved to Paris, and he moved to New York, and they broke up. And then I was in New York um, visiting a friend who was a model who I met when we were... She was starting modeling, and I was starting photography, and we became friends. And she's still one of my best friends. Hi, Nadine. Um, And so I was there, and I ran into him in, like, a bar. Wow. And then I just didn't come home. Yeah. And I was, had a boyfriend. I was, it was horrible. I shouldn't have done that. But anyways, well, let me just interject. That's my husband and I, he was, uh, I was dating his best friend. Amazing. And you know, I mean, yeah, it was a mess at a time. At the time it was a mess. I suspect it was more of a mess for everybody else though, because I was super happy, you know, when we got together. So, um, and everybody was already broken up before, Jake and I got together, but it happens so, so often. I'm sorry. Uh, it happens so often. Just watch your back. If you're with, if you're with your best friend and she's dating somebody, just, just be conscious. Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of like you in a group of people, like we clearly all had some thread of something in common Mm -hmm. and everything is how it's meant to be. You know, she was in my wedding as a bridesmaid, like everything's all great. And so I ended up meeting him in New York. He was an art director at the time, and I was a photographer. So For a magazine? No, he was like at ad agencies. Okay. He was kind of the guy that would hire me. Mm-hmm. In theory, I never worked with him specifically, but 
art directors and creative directors are the people that hire me to do advertising. Okay. So he had a pretty cool job and um, we ended up dating and then we got pregnant when we were in New York mm -hmm. and I was terrified. I mean, literally this sounds crazy, but my entire reason for moving back to California was I was terrified of getting a cab in labor, mm -hmm. like in the winter mm -hmm. in New York. That's not <laughs> crazy at all, actually. Oh. And now there's Uber and things, but like in 2005, mm -hmm. I'm like, it's gonna be four o'clock, you know, in a blizzard. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be able to get to the hospital. I can't do this. I'm going back to California. Yeah. I have a friend who moved to California with her daughter because she took her baby I mean, one, two years old, to a birthday party. She had to take the subway, and she had the presents, and she had the little girl, and they had to go. You know, it wasn't like a north-south situation. It was like, you know, a diagonal from whatever, the Lower West Side to the... Anyway, it was hard, and uh, she's like, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. I want to be able to go to birthday parties, and in New York, I just can't do that. It so. was just... It seemed so hard. So I knew... I hadn't been there that long. My husband had been there for like 10 years at that point or something. And I, my, most of my work is in New York. So mm -hmm. like I knew I would always be there. Um, and so I just wanted to be comfortable again and have mm -hmm. it be easy. So we came back to California um, in L.A. And we were in L.A. for my kids were basically raised in L.A. Mm -hmm. And we had a great place. We grew a lot of food. Um, my kids were always selling food at the end of the driveway. We just... I was never comfortable there. Like it wasn't, I loved my people there. I loved the food there, but I just wanted to be in the country. Mm -hmm. And so I was always pressuring Eric to move up here where I grew up. And he was like always, it was a hard no forever. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think, you know, three years ago, we came and stayed at a friend's house and I was like, let's just try it out for a month. And um, he was like, well, this is amazing. I love it. Like, let's get something like this. And that wasn't, an option because that was like sixth generation right. family property right. um, but there was something nearby and we're in Wasna and and it was an old family friend and it just kind of fell in our laps in mm -hmm. a really easy way that it was very hard for my husband to say no to like and he didn't say no he didn't say no he didn't really say yes it kind of made it happen without an official yes from him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but once he got up here he was like this is amazing like why didn't we do this mm. 10 years ago where does the food thing come from where does your interest in like growing your own food come from I didn't realize you were already doing that in LA yeah we did a lot of it we had two houses in LA and we were always um always have grown our own food I don't know I didn't my when I was growing up, my grandpa had a small, like, little family ranch in Atascadero. Oh, really? Which he doesn't have anymore. But, like, my childhood memories revolve around, like, being in the cornfields, being in the garden, yeah. like, and that being such good memories for me. Like, yeah. we didn't really do a lot of family stuff or travel, but the my grandpa's place was always such a positive memory for mm -hmm. me that I wanted my kids to have that. And I'm not the best cook I'm not either I, I love eating yeah. and I love growing food ideally someone else would be here to make it amazing <laughs> like the does food. Eric cook? Eric does cook and okay. Oscar actually loves to cook but awesome. I have a lot of chef friends mm -hmm. and the goal is to get them here to kind of cook amazing meals that we can share together and you know have experiences like that because like I always want to learn more but it's just not super natural to me yeah 
Same. Well, and you're very, very busy here. We're very busy. So you took me on a mini tour around the property, and there's all these distinct different spaces. There's, you know, the place where the equipment's going to go, and here's where my office is going to be, and um, here's where Wesley does all of her writing, which, God, (laughs) to be Wesley, you know, and to have that. There's a full-blown arena that you just graded out and built out, and it's just beautiful. Um, and then there's the house, um, the tack room, all that stuff. So, and you know, you're bemoaning as we're going around. You're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. The stuff's not done. And I'm seeing uh, you've actually done quite a bit. It's slow work, though. And am I right in believing you had never done anything like this before, right? This is no. new. We've never done anything like this. And I, so to go back one question, the like, w- why we wanted to do this or if food's always mm-hmm. been inside me or I forget what the question was. So there was this old Barbara Kingsolver book mm. called Animal, yep, Vegetable, yep. Miracle, Mineral Miracle yeah, or something, something like that. I forget what it's called, but it's yeah. old, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And I remember reading it whenever it came out and I was just like, oh my gosh, like I want to do this with my kids. Mm-hmm. Like I want to go and just see, I'm very like challenge oriented for mm-hmm. myself and so I was like, I want to see if we can survive like a year of ev- we grow everything ourselves. And I've always wanted to do it. And we can't necessarily really do that. My son has type one diabetes. Like mm-hmm. we need outside things, obviously. Um, but this was kind of like we wanted to give our kids the experience of being able to work hard mm-hmm. and like overcome challenges as a family and really see like how self-sustainable we could get. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've never done it. We learned a lot from actually like friends on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I have a good friend, Mary, uh, from Five Marys. Yep. And she's a constant source yeah. of information for me. Because she's ahead of you just a bit to be able to show you, you know, if when you have questions about, say, water. Yes. And she, I mean, she has a huge operation. She's like the real deal, full yeah. thing. But they had never done it either. And I kind of met her in the beginning of her journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned a lot from her and she's great at networking and connecting people together. So any questions we have, like there's so many people willing to help mm-hmm. and offer advice, which is interesting because I feel like in a lot of circles, people aren't open to giving advice, right? but in like homesteading and food and farming, everyone is very connected and everyone mm-hmm. is willing to help. So we didn't know anything. We had never raised animals for meat. Mm-hmm. We had chickens in LA, so that was easy. For eggs, though. For eggs, yeah. yeah. But we had never harvested our chickens before. And we had grown food, but we hadn't grown this much food as we're growing now. And we, you know, when we got the property, there was nothing. There was the house, which was super scary. And right. this beautiful pool, which we're so lucky to have. Which is crazy. So crazy to have a pool here, right? Yes, like, but it's beautiful. It's really well, well, you guys have taken care of it. Yeah. yeah. And then there was the barn. And I mean, that was it. Everything else was just like dirt pastures. Mm-hmm. And so we we started with the orchard because trees, right, take mm-hmm. the longest. And we um, worked with these amazing people, Wes and Casey from Seventh Generation. Um, mm. They do uh, regenerative, like... Like they basically made a site plan for our property of like, this is how much water your property gets. And this is, Mm. you know, how we can save more and have it not run off the land. So we kind of, we created these swales and retain Mm -hmm. it because obviously 
had we known what we were in for with water, I don't know that we would have done all this work or even stayed, mm -hmm. but saving water from the beginning of us buying this property was the most important. Yeah. Ta talk a little bit about oh, the water thing. The water. Or talk a lot about the water thing. Well, I think it's important for people to connect to the fact that their food comes from water. Well, that's the thing. I'm, it's so funny because I've, like, obviously we grow food, like, we understand that, but I've never been, now I'm, like, angry. I'm, mm. I'm angry, like, when you go to the grocery store and, the, like, we just have so much waste in this country. Yeah. And so now I equate food waste to water. And I'm like, we have no water and there's just so much waste of food like like yeah. the way that we eat food here the way that we buy food here the way that food is grown here I mean here like in this country not on our property yeah um but everything's just so big and so commercial and so wasteful mm -hmm. meat and vegetables yeah. it's just not sustainable so that has been we have no water yeah. so we have our well went dry a month ago and it's officially dry. Like you knew it was going. We knew it was going. We knew it was iffy when we bought the property, um, but also we didn't know. We've never done this, so it's like we got like six different opinions from all these different people. And some people were like, "Oh, it's fine," and some people were like, "Oh, it's definitely going to go dry." Mm. And um, you know, it trickled along for a while, but it's a it's official. Like it's out. And mm -hmm. so now we just drilled two holes last week. We went to 800 feet both times, and there's no water. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm also looking at the swimming pool, just yes. realizing, like, shoot. Yes. yes, there's our water. It's in the pool. Um, I know. So it's like, do we get rid of the pool? Like, it's, yeah. you know, because that's also wasting water. It's We're in this weird situation, so we, I think that it's, all of California, mm -hmm. obviously, needs to be thinking more about water. Yep. And this year especially, I feel so bad for families that this is their livelihood and yeah. ranches that are going under that it's been in the family for generations mm -hmm. and they just don't have water or their water rights are being taken away. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then I look around in our county and I'm like, I mean, I love wine. Do we need this very water, like, water intensive? I, I also love almonds. Like, yeah. why is there an entire food system set up in a desert in the valley? Right. Like in California, it makes no sense. There was never water. I just, mm -hmm. I'm so confused by the setup. And I was so blind kind of to water when I lived in the city. And it's so funny. Like, you know, I posted our water journey on Instagram yeah. and all of our friends in the city, like you don't understand when you just like turn on a tap and water comes out mm -hmm. when you're connected to the city. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they're like, we'll just hook up to city. I'm like, we're like eight miles. Yep. That would cost millions and millions of dollars. And also our county wouldn't allow, like, we have to have a well. We're in mm -hmm. the country. So this is how it's done. This is how it's done. New York has great water. though. Yeah. I mean, and <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand. No one understands. No. Like, it's just it. like, you're so lucky if you turn on the tap and your water comes on yeah. because we are trucking in water right now. And it's, oh, it's killing us. What what is that cost? You don't oh have to gosh. tell me what oh, it yeah, costs, but is and where does it come from? I've never had to so think about that. You the average price until it gets hiked up, which it will, I'm sure this year because everyone's kind of in the same boat. Like all of our neighbors' wells are kind of going as well. Yeah. Um, luckily, we love our water guy, and he's been amazing, um, and he's an old friend of my uncle's. Mm -hmm. So it's four hundred dollars for thirty five hundred gallons. Okay. And he comes in a truck and he fills up your holding tank. Um, and then you just make that last as long as you can, which how long if does you're that last? irrigating mm -hmm. or you have trees or you have livestock, it doesn't last very long. Yep. 
like the the stuff you're using in your house and I think it's great like everyone the message of like try not to waste water while you're doing Mm -hmm. dishes or take shorter showers or all that stuff yes obviously Mm -hmm. that's not where our water is going in California our water is going to like across the street the five acres of brussels sprouts they're growing right which i mean no one's eating that many brussels sprouts like stop my husband certainly you know, is like <laughs> like, like uh. grow smaller grow more efficiently yeah. like it's just crazy so you know you can conserve water in your house but i mean the average family like i don't know exactly but you know like a dish washer probably takes like 10 gallons or something mm-hmm. and a low flow toilet is probably like two gallons yeah. or whatever you're not you're not you're not using a thousand gallons a day for a family of four. Not like house. when we're talking about ag. No, he, you know trees mm-hmm. take a lot of water. Our fruit trees take a lot of water. Olive trees are getting established. They take a lot of water. Yeah. Livestock takes a lot of water. Yeah. Um, they drink a lot. So mm. especially in summer. And then also, what takes a lot of water and what is hitting ranchers now is um, feed for your cattle or feed for your horses you know hey alfalfa what is it so expensive it's so expensive now because water like they Uh, a lot of people that grow that you know are are saving it right now for their own cattle mm -hmm. and they're not selling it so then the prices are i mean it's insane it's it's gone up like demand oh yeah it's gone up like 50 percent or something in the past like two months like every week the price of alfalfa goes up right now it's crazy so um that takes water i don't i don't know how much we're going through right now of water but it's a lot like mm-hmm. well and you're, like you said you're establishing trees which yeah. you know those olive trees will be fine at a certain point yes. they will be no no headache at all yeah let's take a quick detour here to talk about another consumed supporter Slow Food Co-op's mission is to empower health and well-being in the community by providing quality groceries, local produce, and exceptional customer service. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining non-GMO standards and a variety of organic selections. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store and their website at slowfood.coop and visit the Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. I feel like you um, have come into your own. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean it. It's funny. You just seem really comfortable in your choices and in your lifestyle. And I don't know. I'm sure a part of that has something to do with operating as a team with your family, too. Don't you think that that's a big support? Yeah, I do. I I mean, I, you know, my kids are homeschooled. My husband's been a stay-at-home dad for the last 16 years. Like, I... We are a very close family. Mm-hmm. And I think also as you age, like I'm 42 now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that because. It's okay, I'm 43. Yeah, you know, I'm we're, way over, ahead of you. we're over our 40s. Yeah. And so I think you just kind of like cut all the bullshit out mm-hmm. at a certain age. Like mm-hmm. I don't really, like this is me, like, yeah. you know. A certain amount it. of it anyway. Yeah. I feel like the most was cut out for me, yeah, my 30s. Yeah, yeah, that that was a big, especially thirty-five to forty, was a big growth time. Yeah, that's what like I used to be so embarrassed about like 
my crooked teeth mm. or like my and, lack and, of chin. Yeah, I have no chin. Like there's so many things and I just <laughs> what's funny too is like once we left the city, like you know, I took my daughter back to LA to visit friends last week mm. and she was like, "Oh, I forgot I have to like care like what my what I look like again. Like I need some oh. outfits and I need and she's like, "I'm so used to just being like in our town, it's like Free. you're just less judged mm-hmm. here, um, and that gives you so much relief. Mm-hmm. I think, especially as a teenager, for her, she was like a little stressed about going back, you know, for four days and like mm-hmm. having to look put together. Because here, it's like, I mean, I'm not wearing sweats or anything, but sure. you know, I'm working on yeah. the ranch. Like we're just doing life yes we're not like going out at a restaurant to be seen like we right. don't that's not our life anymore so. that's a huge gift you're giving her that she can be like that as a teenager I think I think so too and that was a big reason for like m- my job especially is you know kind of a show right it's so kind she, of image driven yeah and so she's been around that so much in her life and I just really you know Oscar's younger he's only 11 so and she's traveled with me all over the world more so than Oscar has. And I mm-hmm. wanted her, especially as a girl, to just be able to, like, figure out who she is mm-hmm. without having to, like, put on a show. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so as far as food goes here, what is the goal? I mean, what are you hoping just to feed yourself? Are you hoping to feed other people? Are you... I mean, in terms of, like, are you planning to sell produce, so, harvesting meat? I mean, what are the things that you want to be able to do? When we first moved here, we had such grand plans of, like, we're going to sell food. And we wanted to be, like, you know, we wanted to open up a little shop in the village and have kind of, like, a cookbook market, which is a place in L.A. that I love. Like, a little fancy kind of farm stand where other farmers, you know, sell their food. And it's all adorable and curated. and um, But farming's hard like turns out turns out it's really hard and I can make anything grow I love it Mm -hmm. but growing at the scale where you have so much excess to sell like other than like a little stand at the end of the driveway is not it's not how I want to spend my time Mm -hmm. and meat I is a lot easier in ways than growing food How Uh, well because you're just like feeding and watering the animals and then they just grow and then you harvest them and you have meat you're not like all at once you're not out there weeding and breaking your back and like you know worrying about like how much water they have and they're Uh. pretty self-sustainable until you know they're one bad day in their life when they oh go (laughs) (laughs) is today the bad day (laughs) so (laughs) so i i And I, you know, for here, actually, you kind of have to have some livestock for fire control. Like, Mm -hmm. so we have the sheep. Um, So our goal, like, we wanted to be kind of a place where, like, art and farming meet up. Like, my husband's an artist. He wants to have artists come here and, like, do residencies. And we want chefs to come and, like, use the garden. And, like, that's always been our goal. But um, obviously that doesn't make any money. Like, just entertaining people (laughs) unless you have like somebody coming to observe it like an audience of some kind yeah so through the last three years and COVID especially like we've been very isolated because of uh, my son has a compromised immune system so we haven't really seen anyone we've just kind of learned that we enjoy the solitude Mm -hmm. a little more than we thought and now our plans have shifted to kind of just 
homestead for us. Although my son will still have his egg business. He sells eggs. If anyone wants Love eggs, it. we have so many eggs. I'll buy some. They're on my way home. So great. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of figure out a way to make the art thing work here mm -hmm. while also like entertaining and having not events, but like, you know, a big dinner party. Like using your home. Using the You have home, a lot of space. Using the property. Mm -hmm. um, and really what we do for work now is like the calendar. So yeah. So um, explain the calendar. So my husband makes a calendar. I mean, we all make it. They're, my daughter and my husband are printing right now. Um, but my husband designs it, so he draws it, and then um, it's hand silk screened. Beautiful. Which is beautiful. It is a true labor of love. Mm -hmm. It is backbreaking work, um, but it's something we've wanted to do since we had my daughter. Like we've been wanting to do that for 16 years, and it took moving here and having the space um, to do that. And so the calendar is really inspired by California, like all the. Mm all his drawings and all the work is really like based on a lot of the central coast, like, yeah. um, you know, mountains, or I think there's, he did the bridge in Big Sur for one of the months. And he, the, for this month it's, or sorry, not this month, yep. but February, um, the pier. Yep. It's the pier. And so it's really cool kind of just, uh, an interesting gift for people. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people buy it for a gift for Christmas. We make, uh, 500 of them. And so that's kind of like our little family project mm -hmm. and it pays really for someone to like help us here on the ranch. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully one day it will pay for more, but yeah, that's all it's covering right now. So you do have somebody that comes and helps. We do. Um, we did, my sister moved during COVID to help us and she just moved back to Portland. Mm -hmm. um, she doesn't really love ranch life. It's yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> you have to really love it. Yeah. Like you have to love working hard. I know one of my questions, I'm just thinking like, have you ever regretted your decision <laughs> or you probably can't share that? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so we have, now we have, um, when we moved here, there was a neighbor kid, um, Zeke, who was 18 at the time. And he, I knew his family and he was like, you guys need help and I want to move out. So, you know, can I move in yeah. and, and help out? And we were like, of course. So he stayed here for like a year and he was great. And like he, we actually learned a lot from him because he kind of grew up on a homestead and he knew how to do a lot of things we didn't know. Yeah. Um, like how to kill a rattlesnake and, Gosh. you know, what to do. Uh, there was a lot of animal emergencies. And mm -hmm. um, so we learned a lot from him. And then he left and my sister came and now he just moved back. So, oh, hooray. Yeah. And he's great. He wants to be a photographer. Hmm. That's so handy. We've learned a lot from him. He's learning a lot from us. And so he he works here four days a week. Cool. Um, and then we have someone coming next month to help with horses. Okay. Because my daughter's doing all the horses herself right now. And How many are there? We have four. Okay. Um, That's but a it's lot. really just her doing the horse. I know. We ended up with one horse and then... My husband's like, we're never getting horses. He's not a horse person. Yeah. And now we have four horses in yeah. an arena. Horse people are horse people. Like, I'm not a horse person. But remember the girl that was really into horses? You know, like, there's always one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who collected plastic horses yes. and stuff. Yes. Is, so, that, is that Wesley? No. I No. She's like, she just loves riding. Like, mm -hmm. she, I mean, she loves her horse. Her horse is, like, her best friend. But she is such a daredevil. And she's so athletic. Like, she 
if she was in school, she would be doing all the sports. But she, so she loves riding. She's mm. learning, she's doing rain cow, which she's working with cows. And luckily these cowboys like took her under their wing and have awesome. been teaching her. And she has her first little show this weekend, mm. Fiesta down in Santa Barbara. Right. Um, but it's all like, I don't know how to help her do that. Like, I don't know how to rope a cow. Like no I literally know nothing. I know I grew up with horses a little bit, but not in that world. Do you get on them? Yes. You ride? Okay. Yes. Well, that's how we ended up with so many horses because she got a horse mm-hmm. and her horse was, you know, she bought it with her own money. It was like such a big deal. She loves that horse. But that horse was like taught her to be a good rider right away because it kept throwing her off and the horse was crazy but beautiful and just like kind of a disaster but also amazing. So then we, I wanted a horse to ride. Mm-hmm. That's a way to connect like, with her. Yeah. So then you just like acquire horses. Like we got that horse and then it's like, well, that horse needs a friend. Yep. So then we got kind of like the freebie horse friend. <laughs> and you're like, well, that freebie horse came with another freebie horse because they were like connected. <laughs> so then we finally got rid of the other freebie. But then I was like, well, I can't ride that freebie either. And then you end up with another horse that, so I can ride and Oscar can ride. And you have to have three because if you take didn't like someone's by themselves. and Now you have a herd. No, we have a herd of horses. Uh-huh. Let me ask you about uh, the nature of, I'm like switching gears really fast, but photography. You were talking about image, um, or I guess I said like an image-driven, obviously, um, industry. You have a really big following on Instagram. Really big. Um, And do you think those... folks showed up because of all the things that happened with the ranch do you think it was like watching I know five Marys it's like that too it's like watching what how are they going to deal with this how are they going to do this yeah I mean I think I so I mean I never even use my work Instagram I have a Chris Renee Instagram Mm -hmm. I don't even think I've posted on it in the last year and a half yeah um I meet a lot of people through my job Mm -hmm. um like every job is you know a different group of 50 people right so um and it's crazy my job is really like you have to have interesting things to talk about right like Mm -hmm. on all these conference calls or you know on the job like you're not talking about the job and so the ranch kind of became I noticed right away when we moved up here like everyone that doesn't live in the country was just so interested like everyone wants to do some part of everyone wants to do this yes right right. um even if you don't really want to do it it's it's interesting to see people's struggles and it's it's interesting to see when they succeed so I think I can take good pictures I'm good at making life look pretty that's my job Mm -hmm. so um I don't know why I have such a big following I think people are just I follow a bunch of like homesteaders and ranchers too because I'm just interested Mm -hmm. and I think people a lot of people that just have regular jobs like wish for more right like the same as you're following um like travel accounts Mm -hmm. like the wanderlust I think people have like homestead lust oh for sure (laughs) for sure is there a you know we were talking before I started recording you said I love Instagram and I hate Instagram and I feel the same way. I feel there's like this shameful part of all of us. We don't want to talk about the fact that we do this with Instagram um, or with any kind of social media. But I think for people our age, it's probably Instagram. Um, Do you ever struggle with the like the tension between prettifying life here and and being real about how hard it is or like 
the not so great parts of life here? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's, I mean, not a huge question. It's a huge question. Instagram is such a big part of my world. Yep. Like, because photography is such a big part of my world. And mm-hmm. even though Instagram claims it's not a photo sharing app anymore, that's no, whatever. That's, yeah. I don't understand. I'm not sure. You can't videos. post on can't, there without a photo. Yeah. So I get we're all consuming more moving pictures and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you will never see me on TikTok. But Same. the Instagram thing is hard because, like, your life is private. I don't really. I always feel weird about sharing my kids, Mm -hmm. but they're very aware and they've grown up with photography. And so I think because of my work, I'm so used to that and they're so used to that, that it just seems natural. But um, I try really hard to not make it look too pretty Mm -hmm. because people don't want to see that. I mean, it's, it's hard because I'm a photographer. So it's like, I only want to shoot in the pretty light. Like I only want, you know, and Mm -hmm. I only want, things to look well curated um but I don't like seeing that in other people's pages Mm -hmm. or when I follow other people like that's not interesting to me Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a hard balance like I know that's not interesting to people but I'm also documenting for me like hopefully Mm -hmm. my kids will be able to have this account of our life and look back at it as a journal like that's what it is to I me. I agree. I agree. I I think in its best light, that's what I think of it as, is telling the story of um, not just my life, but like what it's like to be on earth just at like this particular yeah. time in this city, in this kind of family. Um, yeah. And I also see this podcast as like, you know, it's really easy to just be like, ah, oh, it's this rinky dink thing. Who cares? Um but the truth is I've I've had to think of it as like an audio log in a way of capturing and cataloging the voices of people who have anything to do with food and wine in California. And that's been helpful to me to like come back to, okay, it's not an ego-driven project. It's It's got a higher purpose than that. And um, so, yeah, I feel that. Well, I feel like the podcast is very similar. It, it's just another way of storytelling. Yeah. So it's like that's why I love photography it's the same thing like you're documenting now like you're archiving it so you're like the podcast I feel like the same it's It's I see I see no ego in it like Mm -hmm. it's really collecting stories about life right now yeah yeah so and life is weird right now yes if you hadn't noticed yeah well so what do you think is going to be next what it feels like you're tackling like 17 projects yeah that is I feel like just living on a property like this Mm -hmm. like you're always tackling way too many projects and tackling and succeeding though I just I I hope I'm succeeding well when you're living (laughs) in it too it feels like oh nothing's happening no there's no progress being made but you are yeah yeah I mean I'm looking around and how many years have you been here almost three yeah this is a lot a lot has happened in three years and you're reestablishing aren't you kind of reestablishing like I don't know friendships and that's hard too and I mean this is essentially a new place to you yeah that's been really interesting is kind of like wanting to rekindle some friendships but also not wanting to with others and Mm -hmm. kind of you know in the beginning prior to COVID you know when my husband like it'd be like oh you're Krista's husband you know like it's hard for my family I think because I have a lot of relationships here but it's also kind of like I haven't been here since I was 17 so you guys don't know me Mm -mm. you know what I mean like I'm not who I was at 17 I am in some ways but 
so it's really a new place it and, is a new place and it's been comforting and hard mm-hmm. like it's nice that we know it here but it's also hard to come back to mm-hmm. um, but I think what's next is you know for us the water thing is huge we have to figure that out yeah. We're going to hopefully find water. That's not a project. That's like a <laughs> that's like a survival. That's a survival. The other thing is just really wanting to, I really want to take care of this land. Like mm-hmm. speaking of food and water, like our goal is to keep our soil healthy, hence the trees. And, and establishing um, a rainwater harvesting system mm-hmm. is next. And also um, figuring out, food-wise, what we can actually manage to grow. Um, can we sustain sheep on this property? I don't know. Is that like, it It all depends on if we find water and then kind of going from there. Like, um, obviously the lavender's fine. It doesn't need a ton of right, water right. and the olives are fine in the long run. But, you know, what else? Like, should I replace some of my fruit trees with other fruit trees that are more I don't even know if there are drought tolerant fruit trees. I don't think I don't so. Know. Yeah. But you know, I wanted to grow flowers. Like I was so excited to grow cut flowers mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and be like a mini florette on the central coast. Mm-hmm. But like, that's not happening with yeah. no water. So it's just really like, what are we, what do we want to grow? Mm-hmm. You're discovering the property. We're doing a lot of research on how to be sustainable and very low water. Yeah. And I don't, know a ton of people that do that you know I know um uh someone I I'm close with on Instagram does dry farm beans Mm -hmm. like in the Lompoc area and so that's super interesting to me Mm -hmm. um they also have very cute packaging um so that's that's kind of where we're at like how do we really minimize our water usage while still being able to do what we love here. Yeah, yeah. That's a noble pursuit, and, and it may be a lifelong one, yeah. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, I have one kind of weird question. Um, have you have you harvested a chicken on your own? <laughs> yes. What was that like the first time? Um, the first time we did it, I actually didn't do it. My daughter... So Wesley was really into taxidermy when she was younger. She mentored. Oh, yeah. She, it's so bizarre. Like ever since she was really little and she would do these taxidermy classes. And then she would, she mentored under Chuck Testa in Ojai. And she was like all in. Like when we moved here, we built her like a little taxidermy studio. Um, And then she ended up going to school for a year and um, was really embarrassed by her hobby. And no. Yeah. And it kind of fizzled away. So Wesley's are like if there was like an apocalypse and shit was going down like that's who I want on my bus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like she can do anything it's crazy like she wants to audition for Survivor like she's love it she's amazing and Oscar can do a ton of things too he's just like he wants to be a car designer and he has other interests but she is like all survival yeah so the first time we did a chicken Wesley volunteered to Mm -hmm. do it first um and it was I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. I don't like the feather part of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, that part is really, it's just a lot of work and it's really just gross. Just getting them all out. It's just so gross. Mm. But I, part of what started this whole thing was having kids. Like, I'm like, it. I actually don't really eat red meat. I haven't since I was 12. Um, my family are huge carnivores. So for me, if you're going to eat meat, 
I feel like you need to at least partake a few times in your life in killing that meat. Totally. On paper, I am so with you. Do I want to? I, it's, I am so with you. It's been a really hard thing as a food writer to come to terms with, like, I don't want. I think it's right to, like, you know, kill what you're going to eat, you know, at least once. And yet I don't want to do it. I know. It's hard. So, so we started this kind of with that. Like, like it was really important to me that they understand how hard it is to grow food, both meat mm-hmm. and vegetables, and like to partake in that because I don't want them to take it for granted. And the meat thing, you know, is is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like they've both done it. Oscar does not like partaking in any sort of harvesting, yeah. but he also eats a lot less meat because of that. Isn't that interesting? That feels really healthy to me. Yeah. And he understands and he honors that that was a living creature that had to be cared for and fed and like, and he doesn't really like that process. Wesley, I mean, she would just take a bone. She would just go hunting every day if she could. Like she is full. Yeah, she is full carnivore. She could just live off of meat and Mm -hmm. she is totally okay doing the entire process herself. It doesn't bother her. She understands it. She, you know, but we don't eat meat from the store. That's amazing, um, Krista. It's amazing. I, I feel like it's super normal. People think it's weird, but I we don't buy any meat from the store. We get, like, our beef comes from friends, like Mary. Yeah. Um, our pork, we have ourselves. We have, you know, we grow pigs, and then, we, and then they're in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Um, and lamb, we get from ourselves. And chickens, um, we only have a few meat chickens. I'm not... Chickens are just disgusting creatures, honestly. Yeah. They're like little dinosaurs. I'm not. Yeah, they are little dinosaurs. I don't really eat chicken after raising chickens. Mm-hmm. So if we need chickens, our friends, um, who we also learn a lot from with the sheep, is Outlaw Valley, mm. um, Alex and Kelsey. And so we get whole chickens from them, and yeah. we just put them in the freezer for when we need chicken. Yeah. And then my uncle um, fishes a lot. Yep. So we get fish from him or, or um, our friend Willie does a lot of fishing mm-hmm. and he just dropped off amazing tuna he got from Mexico cool. so we really like save that as like a treat mm-hmm. and a lot of the time we're just eating whatever's in our freezer for me and whatever vegetables that's a huge that's a huge accomplishment uh, honestly I mean I know that around the rest of the world it's really not that big of a deal but for us kind of like putting putting it in reverse backing up to a place where you're only consuming what you can actually like grow or barter or whatever is so tough so tough yeah um my son is vegetarian he's been vegetarian for about a year now and it's ever since we went on a trip to shaver lake and he caught a little fish and we grilled it and he ate it and ever since then, and we and he named the fish Bob. Oh no! <laughs> so we still talk about Bob and the influence that Bob has had over my son. And I see it as really healthy, actually, that he's like, I don't want to do this. I don't like this. Yeah, I feel like that's what you got to have that connection to your food, like whether mm-hmm. or not you decide to eat it or not. Like no judgment. Exactly. Either like, way. Either way. I can't. I actually just don't like the way meat meat feels in my body. It like sounds I've, like it's been that way. It's for just a been long that way time. since I was a kid. I personally can harvest and will cook meat for my family mm-hmm. but like Oscar I can very much see him not just not eating meat yeah. later he's not he's not into it mm-hmm. it's super personal yeah i just think we just need to work on less over consuming mm-hmm. everything but especially food and waste like, and waste yeah right if we're ever going to make it through the water drama of the next 10 years oh my word. <laughs> 
10 years. Okay, let me ask you a hopeful question. So let's say it's the last day of your life and you're like, I've loved my life. It's been so awesome and I want to celebrate. What are you eating on your last day? Oh my gosh. What are you drinking and who's going to be there? So I feel like this is not going to be a meal that goes all together. So I'll need some space between these things Mm -hmm. because it's going to sound really gross. But I'm eating huevos rancheros. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of them, or and chilaquiles. Like, Anybody in particular who makes that that you like? Well, Is it like a family member or something that does it? No, I just I can make them. Yeah, and pretty much Mexican food's my favorite. Yep. I mean, you know, if I could just eat at the La Super Rica Taqueria in Santa Barbara yeah, every right. day of my life, I'd be very happy. Hey, try El Bajio okay. right down the street on Milpas, closer to the ocean, like one or two blocks in. The line at Superica is always so long, and so I've had to go to Bajio a couple times. It is very good. I'm just, just, let's throw that out. Okay, there. so that's okay. one thing. Yep. I will definitely try that. That's one thing. The other thing is then I would wait, obviously, because you can't have it right after. Then I would have some Korean food. Mm, mm. Like just um, bibimbap. Yes, amazing. Yeah. I went. I did a job in South Korea. For, I was there for like a few weeks, and I just like the happiest food. It makes me so happy. Mm, mm. Um, minus I don't eat a lot of meat, but I just it's so good. Yes. Um, and then for drinks, I would just have like a really good old fashioned, mm. probably made by my husband. Yeah. Oh, that's right. When we were on Zoom, he handed you a cocktail. Yeah. We're... His little arm came in, delivered a cocktail to you, and I was like, Whoa! these people they know how to live we are Uh, a strict my husband grew up in a strict like cocktail at five family love it um and so he has he lost his parents last year and that has been that is an every day every day at five o'clock it's an old-fashioned it's the legacy it's crazy how i don't drink wine anymore Mm -hmm. like when and i remember talking to my friend mary about this when she moved from the city she was like, oh, when I go back, everyone's drinking wine and I can't drink yeah. wine. Like it's, it gives me a headache. And yep. I like I it takes me out. I can't especially red wine. Oh, my gosh. I can't drink red wine, mm-hmm. but I can drink whiskey. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's like I'm working harder. Or I'm using more like I my body's very different. Yeah. And so I can't really do very much alcohol, but mm-hmm. we are we're pretty solid about an old fashioned every day. <laughs> I love it. You really do know how to live. That's that's the way to go. Oh, my gosh. And who's there? At your dinner or at oh your meal. Oh, my gosh. Just my family. Yeah. Just the four of us. Mm-hmm. Pretty boring. No. And probably the horses, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, I would just be here or, like, on a beach somewhere in Tahiti mm-hmm. eating Mexican and Korean food and drinking it's old It's your fashion. day, Chrissy. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. It would just be my family and good food. Yeah. You're awesome. This is such an undertaking, and I just I wish you all the best with it. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Consumed. It means a lot to see how the podcast has grown in 100 episodes. And it's all thanks to you listeners. The podcast is edited by me this time around because Chris Lambert is amazing and busy with other very important stuff. But he's still forever part of the Consumed family. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review and share with all your buddies. Okay, until next time. I'm Jamie Lewis.